Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Mass. If you're new to the show, each week I invite a guest to sit in the hot seat and field questions in a wide variety of topics, earning points for the episode on a scale of 1 to 100. For those of you playing along at home, you have but one task set before you, and that is to see if you can beat my guest. Mm, but before you can beat my guest, you need to meet my guest. So let's give a warm welcome to today's guest, Andy Saunders. Andy, welcome back. How are you, sir? I am doing excellent. Thank you so much for having me back in the hot seat. Though after what happened last time here, um, I'm worried that uh, you are going to give me the most difficult pack you've ever given anyone on this show. So we shall see what happens. <laughs> oh, pish, 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 pish. Not to worry. Uh, this is just your general run-of-a-mill, uh, evil, sadistic, and uh, cruel pack of questions. Fear not. It is not specialized for you. For those uh, people out there who may not remember you, may not know who you are, I can't imagine why. But uh, why don't we give them a little brief thumbnail version of your bio? Uh, who are you? What you do? why you do what you do, the things you do. So uh, once again, I am Andy Saunders, and I live an hour west of Toronto in a city of about 120,000 called Guelph. And these days, I have my my major projects. I have uh, a, uh, a website called The Jeopardy Fan, which uh, if you haven't, or if you've been living under a rock, as Alex Trebek says, um, there's been quite a bit of media coverage on my website as of late and uh so i've been very busy with that my other project is a podcast called complete the list which uh has been on a brief hiatus and i am working on trying to get it back up when i have the time but uh yeah people seem to want to talk to me about some guy named james holtzauer so we'll see uh we'll see how the timing for that comes <laughs> Indeed. Uh, well, when he completes his run, then you can complete the list yet again. <laughs> I'm hoping that uh, we can get something going before he completes uh, his run. But uh... Well, we are going to uh, continue our game, sir, uh, much in the way it's always been played. <laughs> for those of you listening for the first time, there are four rounds of four questions each. I will start with question one in each round. I won't start with question four. Uh, <laughs> there's no daily doubling. This should be your run of the mill episode here. Uh, each round, I'm going to let Andy know the categories in order we're going to be using for that round before I read each question. He gets to lock in how many points he wishes each question to be worth. Get it right. You get the points, Andy. It's just that simple. Uh, there's also going to be a halftime bonus worth 10 and only 10 points. No. 10.0375 for some birthday out there. Uh, at the <laughs> end of the game, you will get to field what we call the confidence question. Your last chance to try and improve your final score. I will explain all of that when we get there. It's just you in the hot seat. You don't have to put up a website where you mock your opponents. This is all just simple, easy peasy stuff, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we live in interesting times, don't we? Are you ready to get We going, certainly sir? do. As also, uh, the added caveat this season is that each and every episode is dedicated to one and only one letter of the alphabet. Andy has joined us uh, just in time for the N episode. N, as in the new normal. So in each and every response, unless I say otherwise, you're going to respond with a word that begins with the letter N. If it's a name, the first name can begin with N. The last name can begin with N, perhaps both. If it's a title... At least one of the words in that title will begin with the letter N. N, 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 and so it goes. Are you ready? Here are the categories we're going to use for round one. As always, as usual, Andy, point values available to you are one, three, five, and seven. We're going to be kicking things off today with, say it with me, folks, only in Florida. 
then we're going to move along to Fungo, followed up with Who Done It, and we are going to wrap up round one with literature. But first things first, only in Florida is up first, Andy. One, three, five, or seven. Let's go with the three. Three points. I actually admire your bravery on that. A lot of people steer clear, not knowing where this is going to go. But uh, good luck. Let us embark on our journey only in Florida. St. Petersburg police, reviewing surveillance video after a reported burglary, discovered a completely unrelated incident of a homeless man breaking in to a restaurant on a previous night. To do what? Hmm. To do what? Um, St. Petersburg man breaking into a restaurant. Oh, boy. And it's got to start with the letter N. Let's see. Let me try to think of something that a restaurant would need that starts with the letter N. Well, dishwashing doesn't start with an N. I almost... it. I did not hear or see this story. So, hmm. Wow. Um, all I can think of that starts with the letter N is that he broke in because he wanted to be the night watchman from inside the restaurant. So that starts with an N. That's the best I can come up with. So I'm going to say he was going to be the night watchman from inside the restaurant. Sure, absolutely. He uh, obviously did not do a good job of it as they were burgled again the next night when he wasn't around. So perhaps he did not keep that job. Yeah, this was an interesting case where their restaurant owner uh, showed up in the morning, found that uh, a lot of stuff had been taken from the restaurants and uh, called the cops. The cops re- uh, reviewed the footage and wanted to go back as far as they could to see if perhaps they had found this uh, alleged burglar casing the joint out the night before. A completely different person, a homeless man, had broken in, and so they watched with interest, and then they watched with horror as he proceeded to get naked, eat some ramen noodles, and play the bongos. Okay. Naked noodle eating. Now, here's the kicker, Andy. Here's the kicker. Um, The noodles that he was eating, he brought himself, so therefore they could not charge him with anything other than uh, (laughs) mild mild trespassing because he did not actually steal the noodles. He had brought his own. Oh my goodness, wow. Maybe I should have put the one on this one, but uh <laughs> Oh well. Oh well, yeah, yeah. I can't believe you didn't come up with naked noodle eating, but uh <laughs> it's so obvious, Andy. Alright, uh enough mirth and merriment. No, you are incorrect. No, I hope I don't have to say no every answer uh here. Uh Fungo <laughs> is up next. You still have the one, the five, and the seven. What say ye, sir? I'll go with the five. Five points for Fungo. Good luck. And here is your question. Clue number one. Actor best known for his work with corpses. Clue number two. One-time husband of Chris Everett. Clue number three. Pagan barbarians of the 8th century. Three separate clues, all pointing to the same answer. Let's see if Andy can come up with said answer. Hmm. Actor best known for his work with corpses. One-time hubby of Chris Everett, pagan barbarian of the 8th century. Um, yikes. (laughs) This has not, uh, this has not been a very good start to this game. Seems like all your worst fears are coming true. I know, this is terrible. I, I think the best way to maybe come at this is possibly from um, 
Yikes. Chris Everett, probably. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, wait a sec. Um, I know this. Wait a sec. Chris Everett was once married to Greg Norman. The answer is Norman. <laughs> uh, Norman, is your answer? Do you have any idea? Does that does that fit in with the other two in your mind, or are you just the pagan? It fits in with the pagan barbarians too, and that yeah. So Chris Everett was once married to Greg Norman. So that's I that I, I've uh, that finally came to me, and I wait a second, that fits. Norman is your answer. Norman is uh, indeed the pagan barbarians of the eighth century were Normans. Chris Everett, uh, although she's probably best known for having changed her name to the hyphenate Everett Lloyd after marrying John Lloyd, uh, also uh, left him and uh, was married for a brief stint with the shark himself, golfer Greg Norman. Uh, not just some random guy, but he was actually famous. And uh, then, of course, there's an actor who is best known for his work with corpses, uh, living corpses on The Walking Dead. That would be Norman Reedus, who plays Daryl Dixon. Norman is the correct answer. Well done, sir. Five points for you. <laughs> There we go. See, I, I it took me a while because I also had Lloyd on my sheet of paper because you know Chris Everett Lloyd and like wait, wait a second, think about this little mar oh yeah, of course, Greg Norman, yeah. I mean, I suppose you could have incorrectly thought that his name was Norman Lloyd, but that would, of course, been uh, Dr. Auschlander from St. <laughs> Elsewhere. So <laughs> not the right guy, but you could have backed into it that way, I'm sure. Well done. Well done. And we are on the board. All your fears were for naught. Why don't you uh, have some noodles as a reward? <laughs> <laughs> we are going to move on now to our next question. It is whodunit. We have the high and the low left, one and seven. Oh, how much for whodunit, sir? Um... I'm going to take the one. All right. One point for whodunit. Listen to this brief bio and then tell me, for one point, whodunit. Subject of a 1922 silent film by Robert J. Flaherty. This Canadian, this Canadian became an unexpected star despite not actually being born under his quote-unquote stage name. Whodunit. See, um, I, I need to think about this a little more because when I uh, reacted, I um, thought you were going in a different uh, in a different direction. But because uh, I thought you were about to make a reference to Nosferatu, but it's not Nosferatu. The Canadian plus Robert J. Flaherty is Nanook, as in Nanook of the North. Ah, yes, indeed. Uh, Nosferatu uh, around that time, silent film, vampires. I thought you were reacting to the Canadian uh, aspect of it for. For there seems to be a tradition uh, whenever I hear you on a, on any quiz show, uh, somehow Canadian questions get uh, bandied about, <laughs> especially when you complete the list. There are, there are oftentimes Canadian-based questions, which uh, I find a bit more difficult than the average ilk. Uh, yeah, name Canadian prime ministers. Erg! <laughs> but yes, uh, indeed, the actual name of this person who was discovered uh, by Robert J. Flaherty uh, was Alakariyalak. That didn't quite have quite the ring to it. So uh, he told them, no, your name is Nanook. Nanook of the North. Uh, indeed, you are correct. One point for you. Uh, it is interesting. Uh, it's, it's a documentary film. It comes under some sort of scrutiny because originally uh, Flaherty had shot an actual legit documentary and all of the footage was uh, lost in a fire. And so he went back and had to reshoot the whole thing. So this is a restaging of an actual documentary. So it's not really a documentary, but it's not as faux documentary as a lot of people, uh, I think, uh, as, as the passage of time are, are now led to believe that, it, yes, it was it was staged, but it wasn't staged completely out of uh, whole cloth. A lot of the things that he did, he had done, but he just wasn't reacting to it for the first time. Right. 
<laughs> literature is the last question of the first round it is going to be worth seven points uh hopefully uh you can finish out this round on a hot streak a hot seed hot streak uh, they're few and far between good luck here's your seven point literature question written under a pen name king queen knave about a man named franz who works in a berlin department store was actually the second novel written by who hmm king queen knave Yes, knave, a K-word. That sounds like an N-word. I know. The second novel written by whom? Berlin department store, meaning probably German. As I try to think of a German author whose uh, name starts with N. I'm having difficulty coming up with one. I'm wondering if it's... um, uh, Yeah, I am lost trying to come up with a german author whose last name starts with a letter n <sighs> yikes really don't know here um uh for lack of anything else i am going to go with norman mailer because you know norman starts with an n i'm gonna go norman mailer norman mailer an author so certainly uh possibility there the trick here is that this was not written by a german author this was written by a different author who just happened to be uh, vacationing or uh, maybe just going on he was on sabbatical in berlin kind of took in the surroundings and uh, was inspired to write this novel that he uh, wrote under the pen name v sirin s-i-r-i-n many years later his son dimitri decided to uh, translate into english and that's when people who speak English, first discovered this King Queen Knave written by Vladimir Nabokov. Oh, okay. I mean, I've certainly heard of him. Yeah, but, uh, absolutely. They actually, they this was turned into a 1972 film starring Gina Lola Brigida, an actress who just huh. sounds like she's made up for the Flintstones. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Gina Lola Rockada. Uh, that's about all I know about the film, about the book, uh, other than what I told you earlier. Uh, it's no Lolita. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> um, I think I'd rather ra- rather read this one than Lolita. Well, you know, hashtag me too. But you know, that's not the point. Uh, the point is <laughs> that you did very well in that round. Uh, you got two questions right, of course. You know, uh, you didn't get the seven, but six points out of a possible sixteen. That's a nice way to build a base for your uh, point scoring yeah. pyramid going forward. Uh, as we now move on to the round two, the point values are going to increase just a little bit for you, Andy. Uh, up to two, four, six, and eight. Who do we appreciate? We appreciate you. Uh, round two, the categories are as follows. We're going to kick things off with analogies. And we're going to follow that up with sports. Move along to the mashup. And we're going to wrap up the first half and round two with television. But first things first, round two begins with analogies. Two, four, six, or eight. I will put the two here. Two points for analogies. Feeling a bit of a hesitation here from you. <laughs> Are you still scared? Um, you know, I like the other three categories just a little bit better. Fair enough. That is a fair assessment. I cannot quibble with that. Uh, good luck. Here is your two-point analogies question. High Catoctin is to Camp David as Zaka Ladaris is to what? And I can spell those for you if you need. Please do. High Catoctin. H-I hyphen C-A-T-O-C-T-I-N. Hi, Katokton. Zaka Ladaris. Z-A-C-A space new word L-A-D 
E R A S. Hmm. I'm sure you have some uh, high Katoktin just sitting there in the fridge waiting to drink later. <laughs> so, I mean, Camp David is obviously the presidential retreat in Maryland. Um, I've never heard of high Katoktin before, but uh, I'm guessing it's the original name of Camp David. So, Zaka Ladaris is clearly the original name of something. Ah, things that start with the letter N. Hmm. Okay. Large ranches that start with N. Large ranches, large retreats. Oi. Ay, ay, ay. I'm just going to put this out there. I have no thought this might be right, but it starts with N. I'm going to go with Michael Jackson's Neverland. Because that's the first thing that can come up with. Uh, I can come up with its, you know, large area that uh, starts with the letter N. Okay, Neverland is your answer. Well, I mean, considering I don't expect anyone to have ever heard of Hyketoktin or Zekladaris, let this be a lesson to all of you out there that uh, you can sometimes brute force your way into figuring out what the connection is, even if you have no idea what the heck you're listening to. Indeed, Camp David's original name was Hyketoktin based, I believe, upon the mountain range, upon uh, where it sits, or some sort of geographic features around there. It was originally changed to uh, the name Shangri-La, and then when uh, Eisenhower was in office, he decided to uh, change its name to honor uh, a dead relative, So, and it became Camp David as a result. Zachaladaris, therefore, is the original name of a, another uh, famous location, as soon as you said ranch, I thought you were going to immediately blurt out the answer. You thought about it for a little bit, but yes, a ranch that begins with the letter N, Zachaladaris, purchased by Michael Jackson, who renamed it Neverland. Two points awesome. for you. Um, two points. Well done. You did not think you had that one. <laughs> no, I did not. Well done, sir. I am, I'm proud of you for, for brute force in that one. It can be done, people. It can be done. Yes, I, I fully expected the man who responsible for completing the list to complete the analogy. It's Analogies aren't usually my thing when I listen, so uh, I'm, I'm, that's why I put the two. You did yourself proud, sir. Uh, now let's see if we can keep this ball rolling. Speaking of balls, sports, four, six, or eight? Uh, we'll go with eight. Eight points. There's no segue I won't jam through, sir. Uh <laughs> <laughs> All right, eight points. Sports question. Good luck, and here we go. The modern version of the NBA's slam dunk contest started in 1984. What then member of the Phoenix Suns was the first winner of this annual showcase? The NBA slam dunk contest. Why did you have to ask me a basketball question, a AJ? Look, I gave you a question about an Anunnaki of the North. That was as Canadian as it's going to get. <laughs> Well, you know, you could have been like, you know, give him a, you know, hockey or football or, <sighs> or baseball or lacrosse or any other sport. But I went with the NBA. <laughs> I know. Um, uh, thinking back, I can think of Spud Webb and I can think of Dominique Wilkins and uh, they don't have an N in their names. <laughs> I don't know who won the first one. Arg. No. That doesn't have an N. No, that doesn't have an N. Arg. No, that doesn't have an N. Oi. 
This name is not coming to me today. Well, even though it's already worked once for me, I'm going to go back to the Norman well and say my answer is Norman and hope we have a lucky Norman here. So let's go Norman. Norman is your answer. Well, it ain't Bobby Nystrom. I'll tell you that much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the uh, slam dunk competition uh, actually started in the ABA and uh, they used to do that. The first competition in the 70s and the winner was Dr. J. You know, the ABA went away. So there was, mm-hmm. after a while, no more ABA slam dunk competition. In 1984, the NBA said, hey, you know what? Why don't we bring this back? I watched video of this competition in just in preparation of this question, uh, just to get a feel for it. Dr. J was in this competition, and he was in the finals. And his dunks were absolutely amazing, especially considering how old he was at the time. He did, you know, a version of the take off from the free throw line and and dunk it from there he was amazing uh dominique wilkins who would go on to win it the next year was in this competition he was amazing he dunked two basketballs one in each hand it was very good but neither of them won and it's really hard to see why i watched the video i i really wasn't all that impressed except there was a lot of power from the windabill dunking of larry nance larry nance okay I was not coming up with that one today. Indeed, like I said, he he won, and and from what from what the video shows, I mean, look, Doctor J didn't seem uh, perturbed at all. He kind of thought it was well deserved. Uh, I, I would not, I was not impressed. Maybe in '84, some of those dunks were more impressive, but I'm still gonna, I'm still always gonna defer to the guy who uh, makes like Superman and takes flight. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Anywho, uh, mashup is up next. Mashup is getting the six. Six points for the mashup. Two answers smooshed together by a common word. At some point in the answer, one of the words in the answer will have an end. Uh, mashup, six points. Good luck, Eddie. And here is your question. A pair of spies from Potsylvania who are after an elk and a shadow tail star in a TV show about getting stuck in a time loop. Okay, so Potsylvania, elk and shadow tail. And uh, a TV show about being stuck in a time loop. Can Andy work his analogies magic on this one? Hmm. Okay. Um, So, I mean, I feel like Potsylvania is a Rocky and Bullwinkle reference. How do I make that into a television show that also has a letter N in it? Wow. So, yeah, okay, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Um... Yikes. Um, let's see. I mean, hmm. Gah. Okay, so your two spies are Boris and Natasha. So there's your N, because, of course, Boris Badenov. But can I get the TV show with Natasha in the title? And I can't. So I'm going to say Boris and Natasha Time Traveler, and I have, <laughs> and I know I'm wrong, but that's the best I can come up with. Well, you know, if I were to give uh, give partial credit for effort, I mean, my goodness, uh, well spotted, Pottsylvania. A lot of people think they were Russian spies, but the, they were actually from Pottsylvania. Uh, Boris and Natasha, indeed, they were after moose and squirrel. Elk is a, yep. another word for moose. Shadowtail, another word for mm-hmm. squirrel. So you got that half right. It's the other half that that, yeah. uh, that derailed me. Exactly. Well, there is a uh, current Netflix show uh, about character who keeps dying and uh, coming back and reliving their birthday party over and over again the name of the show is russian doll also a little tie in there with the russian spies perhaps russian doll uh the mm. star 
of that television show is Natasha Leone. So we were looking for Boris and Natasha Leone. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't getting there. I haven't watched enough Netflix lately, so... Uh, highly recommended. Very entertaining show. Short little uh, half-hour episodes and uh, very nice spin on the uh, a kind of uh, tropey kind of uh, plot. They do nice things with it. So I highly recommend Russian Doll. Natasha Leone is great. Unfortunately, what is not great is that I cannot give you the six points for that one, but uh, well, well-reasoned out at least halfway there. And, uh, you, you mm -hmm. know, you can't answer what you don't know. So uh, yep. let us move on. We still have one question left in the half. Hopefully we can end on an up note. Oh, television, four points. Are you ready, sir? Uh, sure. We'll go with that. Okay. I promise you it's not Netflix. Okay. Four points for television. Here we go. Pamela Sue Martin will play a psychic named Harriet Grosset in a 2019 version of a television show that she had starred in for two seasons back in the late 1970s, playing what character? Hoy, why didn't I put the eight on analogies, even though that would have been a really <laughs> silly move on my part? Oh, gosh. Well, let's break this down. Have you ever at least heard of Pamela Sue Martin? Um, not really, no. I'm not even recognizing the name Harriet Grosset. Like, I mean, possibly, it, it feels like Harriet might be some minor character from the series in general, but um, that name isn't ringing a bell to me either. Well, you know what? I am going to keep going back to that Norman well. We're going to go with Norman and uh, move on to halftime. Okay. Uh, Pamela Sue Martin stars as Norman in the 1970s hit. Uh, well, you know, last name Norman. Absolutely. Absolutely. It could happen. I, I, I'm with you. Uh, so, no, the Harriet Grosset uh, is just there for flavor. Uh, the point being here is that Pamela Sue Martin is probably best known for her role uh, on Dynasty for many years. She was Fallon Carrington on that long-running series. But when she was younger, uh, she was everybody's favorite television detective, Nancy Drew. Oh, Nancy Drew. Yep, the CW is uh, has ordered a pilot. It's just finishing up post-production. It should be out later this year with Kennedy McMahon will be playing Nancy Drew. Uh, and they were uh, they did that nice thing where they went back and they got the original television Nancy Drew, Pamela Sue Martin, and she's going to play a, a minor character on the uh, updated version uh, where I'm sure she will uh, use uh, Google and Siri and all these modern uh, devices to play detective. Uh, she doesn't have to resort to opening up an encyclopedia, Mr. Brown. Yeah, that would, uh, damn. It, it's also, yeah. she left, she left mm. the show after two seasons. She thought it was, uh, she was getting too old for the part. Uh, she was tired of playing, because uh, she had to solve all these crimes in such a kid way, and she wanted to play something a little more grown up, and then she's on Dynasty, so I think she got her wish. So. <laughs> yep. All right, not the greatest round, but not the worst round by any stretch of the imagination. You did get two out of a possible 20 points in that round, so I'm going to add the two points to the six you had coming into the round, which puts you at eight points as we head into the half. Not quite double digits, but we are almost there, Andy. And the halftime bonus, as you know, is our only partial credit question of the game. I'm going to ask you this question, give you a little bit of time to think about your answers to said question. As we pause for a brief word from our uh, <coughs> sponsors, when we come back for that break, hopefully Andy will have all the answers he needs to get points for the following question. Twelve films, Andy, start with the letter N, which have earned over $250 million in worldwide box office. For two points each, I would like for you to name for me 
any five of these 12 films with the caveat that you may not repeat titles from the same franchise in your guesses. Take a little bit of time to think about your answers to this question, and we'll be back after the break. If you'd like to support Beat My Guest, helping to make more episodes like this possible, please consider becoming a patron, just like Blair, Jake, Brandon, and many others who have joined since the start of the season. Check out patreon.com slash beatmyguest for details. And now back to me for the second half of this week's episode. And welcome back to Beat My Guest. My guest this week is Andy Saunders. When we last left Andy, he was sitting on eight points, working on the following halftime bonus question. Twelve films which start with the letter N have earned over $250 million in worldwide box office for two points each. I have asked Andy to name any five of these films with the caveat that he may not repeat titles from the same franchise. Andy, whenever you're ready, let me know what you've got. Okay. Okay. I think I've got my answers. I've got five here. I'm happy with them. Um, My first one is National Treasure. My second one is Night at the Museum. The third one, I have an interesting backstory behind, I think, back many, many years ago, like in the late 90s, early 2000s, there was a man named Dan Baker who ran online survivor games. I don't know if you've been around that fandom long enough to know who he is, but I took ba- I took part in some online survivor games around the turn of the century, and there was an immunity challenge, which we lost because I accidentally typoed a response spelling this movie with a k in front calling it notting hill with the k but i'm gonna say notting hill uh my fourth one my fourth guess is the nutty professor and then i feel like there was a need for speed movie so i'm gonna go need for speed and that's my five okay yeah there are 12 films with the letter n however uh, multiple films come from the same franchise so rather than bog you down with uh trying to parse together uh, exactly where all these lay. I just clumped them together. Clumped. (laughs) That's funny. Unintentional humor. Clumped them together. (laughs) Uh, Let me go from number 12 and work my way up at number 12. uh, Film about a frat house gone crazy and the married couple next door that does not like them. That would be Neighbors, starring uh, Zac Efron and Seth Rogen. At number 11... The Nutty Professor. Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. Well done, sir. Uh, At number 10 and 8 are two movies from this franchise about some heists that are pulled off by magicians that make absolutely no sense. But hey, the graphics are great, so I guess it's a spectacle to look at. That would be Now You See Me. One and two. Okay. Starring Woody Harrelson and uh, Jesse Eisenberg. At number 7... We have a biblical epic, Noah. Noah made a boatload of money. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you did there. Yeah, people were coming in two by two. Uh, At number number five on the list, jumping up to number five, we have Knotting Hill. Well done, sir. (laughs) Excellent job. At number four on the list, we have a horror flick of recent note. Uh, I believe it might loosely be somewhere in the Conjuring series, but this was uh, not part of a franchise particularly, just kind of like a related to it, just like Annabelle doesn't count in the Conjuring franchise. The Nun. The Nun. Okay. And 
at number two and number nine were two films from Nicolas Cage's epic quest for American history and artifacts worth lots of money, National Treasure. Very good, sir. Awesome. And, and of course, with three films, numbers one, three, and six, uh, Rami Malek as an Egyptian pharaoh, the late Robin Williams, a whole bunch of wacky characters as Ben Stiller tries to guard. He, you know, he breaks in, he, he gets naked, he, uh, he eats some noodles, he plays some bongos because he is the Night Watchman at night at the museum. Well done, sir. You got four out of five. Four. Kudos to you. There is a Need for Speed movie, right? Need for Speed was uh, a movie starring uh, Aaron Paul and Kid Cudi. Okay. Amongst others, just uh, did not... Uh, did not wow uh, everybody as much as, say, the Fast and the Furious series. I think people just thought it was probably just an imitation thereof. And uh, Yeah, probably. Yeah, you know, Jesse Pinkman just isn't making the transition to movies like he thought he would. <laughs> uh, but, no, good job, sir. You doubled your score. You had eight points coming into the half, eight points at the half, which means you are leaving the half with 16 points, and you're well on your way to a very respectable score. We're going to kick things off in round three. Uh, with the point values, of course, as always, staying the same, 2, 4, 6, and 8. The categories, over they're going to be a changing. This is what they're going to be a changing to. Andy, we're going to kick things off with movies. Follow that up with what comes next. We're going to move along to Potpourri, and we are going to wrap up round three with science. Science! I always pause just in case. <laughs> <laughs> movies are up first. 2, 4, 6, or 8, what are you going to go with to kick off the second half, Andy? Ooh, I'm, I'm going to go with 2. Two points for movies. All right, good luck. And here is your two-point movie question. After his first wife, Michelle McNamara, died tragically, comedian Patton Oswalt subsequently got married to Meredith Salinger, an actress who played what 15-year-old tomboy back in 1985? Hmm. So let's see here. I feel like that... Let me think of my... Uh, I feel like it's a... One of those John Hughes movies, but because uh, I mean, I feel like he would have done most of the iconic 80s films at this point. Oh, boy, I have. But trying to come up with characters from those, I have no idea. So we're going to go with the lucky Norman and say <laughs> Norman is my answer. Norman is your answer. Well, you know, the sad thing is we already had one Norman, so uh, I can't just say maybe one of these days Norman will be the answer because Norman was the answer at one point. So can't argue with past success here. So you go with Norman, unfortunately, Andy. Uh, not surprisingly, perhaps to you. Uh, no, no. Uh, this was one of the many films that also starred a, a fine animal actor na uh, named Jeb the Wolf Dog. Uh, Jeb the Wolf Dog uh, had roles in White Fang. Uh, he had a, a part in John Carpenter's adaptation of The Thing. And he was the companion of 15-year-old Natty Gan in the film The Journey of Natty Gan, a coming-of-age tale in the uh, time of the Great Depression. A much-beloved movie by, by many. Yep. Uh, she was actually 15 at the time, which made her a lot different than the actresses in the John Hughes films, uh, many of whom were, you know, in their mid, mid to late 20s playing teenagers. So uh, kudos to Meredith Salinger, Natty Gan. Okay. I was not coming up with that one today. If at first you don't succeed, Andy, try Natty Gan. Uh, what comes next? Well, what comes next comes next. So I ask you, what comes next for what comes next, Andy? Four, six, or eight. Um, I, 
I'll go for the six. Six points. All right. Good luck. And here is your six point. What comes next question? Robert M. LaFollette, fifth. Gary Johnson, sixth. Theodore Roosevelt, seventh. What comes next? Eighth. Well, these are all politicians. I feel like they'd all be third-party presidential candidates, possibly. But, the, hmm. And obviously, we're looking for an N. Yikes. I mean, I'm, as I'm, okay, so I feel like these are, because Robert LaFollette, um, he was a famous third-party candidate for president. Teddy Roosevelt in 1912 was a famous third-party candidate for president. Trying to come up with um, one that starts with an N. But I mean, like, Teddy Roosevelt and LaFollette actually did so much better than Gary Johnson. So I, I don't even know if I'm going down the right road with this one. Yikes. Oy, oy, oy. I don't know. Well, third party president, the third party presidential candidates who, um, you know, did things. I'm going to say Ralph Nader. Okay. Ralph Nader is your answer. Spot on in identifying that Robert LaFayette, Gary Johnson, Theodore Roosevelt, all third party candidates for the American presidency. And what I'm talking about with fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, these are the uh, their ordered placement in terms of total number of votes received in their elections. So, oh. uh, yeah, 4.8 million for LaFollette. Gary Johnson, although he didn't do great by comparison, he got 4.4 million votes still, which is good enough for sixth place. Theodore Roosevelt, who did much better, <laughs> relatively, uh, fewer people, so 4.1 million votes. And in eighth place at 2.8 million votes, some of which might have been better served going to somebody else in Florida, perhaps, uh, was indeed Mr. Ralph Nader. Yes! Well done, sir. I thought you were going to talk yourself out of that one. Well, I got there. As you know, going through my head, you know, the famous third-party presidential candidates, I was like, wait a second. Because it's like, okay, you know, you've got Perot and, you know, stuff like that. And I was like, wait a second, Ralph Nader's uh, an answer here. He yeah. ran for president. Well done. Well done. Six points for you, sir. Let us move along to Potpourri. We have four points. We have eight points. What say ye, sir? We'll go for four. Four points for Potpourri. Here is the question. According to the Audubon Society, this species of bird is, quote, most likely to be seen in small, talkative flocks, clambering over the highest twigs, cones, and needle clusters of the Monterey Pines. What is it? Hmm. Okay, so, I mean, my answer is not going to be Norman on this one. <laughs> um, I am trying to think... I mean, I have a first instinct that comes up when I think of birds that start with the letter N. I don't know if... I don't know what uh, whether or not uh, they're part of, you know, you will find them in the Monterey Pines, but... Uh, mm. This is, do I go with my first instinct or not? Or do I think about this a little bit harder? Uh, AJ, why do you make your questions so hard? <laughs> well, because I can. I mean, that's, I guess, the... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is your podcast. Somebody's getting a little uncomfortable in the hot seat. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's it's... Because, I mean, I've listened to your podcast, I've seen your questions, and I know they're hard. So, is this, you know, just happens to be an easier one? Or, 
because you sit, I sit here, and you know, you know what? I'm just going to go with my first instinct here. I can't come up with anything better. I'm going to say Nightingale, and if it's if it's right, it's right, and if it's wrong, oh well. So I'm going to say Nightingale. Nightingale is your answer. Yeah, I, I mean, I think this question does essentially boil down to can you even come up with a bird that starts with the letter n some people might only be able to come up with one some people might come up with two and then it's a 50 50 i'm not sure if i could have come up with more than two but immediately my brain does go to two uh one of them being nightingale and the other being the correct answer which is the nuthatch the okay. nuthatch Specifically, the pygmy nuthatch, but I would accept any uh, generic answer of nuthatch. There, I'm not. I'm not that cruel and devious. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. All I could come up with today was nightingale. So it's one of the things where if I didn't have the letter restriction, then you know your brain could go anywhere. I don't know if you would then would have come up with nuthatch anyway, because there are so many birds out there. But who knows? Who knows where we'd have gone? I guess we'll never know. What we do know, however. Eight points is what's left for science. Are you yep. prepared? I am prepared. Good luck. Here is your eight-point science question. What element was first reported to have been created in 2003 by a collaboration of Russian and American scientists, though eventually credit and naming rights went elsewhere? Huh. Well, uh, knowing my recent elements... There's only one I can think of that starts with the letter N, and that is Nihonium. So I'm really glad I left my eight points here for uh, having the uh, the elements down at the top of the uh, at the at the higher end of the periodic table, Nihonium. So uh, that is my answer. I'm pr I hope I'm right, and I haven't <laughs> forgotten something. But uh, that's where I'm going. Nihonium. Nihonium. So. Uh... Basically, the rules are uh, finders, keepers, losers, weepers. And so generally speaking, if you are the person or persons or teams of scientists that are given credit for having discovered an element, well, then you get to also then name the element. Most of the elements now are discovered by teams of scientists. This is not an individual. And they usually will name it after where they were, their home country, their home city, Tennessee was one of the ones that was mm -hmm. uh, named recently after the state of Tennessee. Russian and American scientists, uh, they uh, say they found it in 2003. Uh, shortly thereafter, some Japanese scientists said, no, no, we, we, we reported it. We found it too. And after some research, it was, it was neck and neck, but they decided that uh, while they were both on the trail around the same time, the first one to really have created uh, enough of the element to count as having actually found it was given to Japan. They named it after their home country, at least in their native tongue. Nihonium is the correct answer, sir. No points to anyone who said no collusionum. <laughs> I mean, we had Russians and Americans working together. How could it not be collusion? Anyway, uh, <laughs> well done, sir. Eight points for you. You only got two questions right in that round, but they were the two highest scoring uh, questions available to you. So 14 out of a possible 20 points. I'm going to add those 14 to the 16 you had coming into round three, which means we enter round four with an incredibly healthy 30 points. And the good news for you, Andy, is that round four is the highest scoring round available. I bet you're feeling a little bit nicer, a little bit calmer, a little bit less scurred. Yeah, yeah. I I'm happy with 30 points through round three. Excellent. Well, let's see how many more we can add to your score. 
as the point values will increase to 3, 5, 7, and 9. And the categories available to you in this final round are as follows. Kicking things off with music. Following that up with Around the World. And we're going to move on to History. And we are going to finish up round four in the second half with Audio Hodgepodge, which admittedly is a bit of lifestyle. First things first, however, music, three, five, seven, or nine, sir. You know, it's interesting. I really like these categories. So I am going to put the five on music. Normally, I'd give it a higher number, but I really like some of the back categories in this round. So five it is. Five it is. Good luck. Here is your five-point music question. Andy, who is responsible for crafting the following lyric? You're growing up so fast, and mama's worrying that you won't last. You're growing up so fast, and mama's worrying that you won't last. Well, um, I do recognize this song. I believe those are lyrics from the song Sister Christian by Night Ranger. So I'm going to say Night Ranger as my answer. Night Ranger is your answer. Babe, you know you're growing up so fast. Mama's worrying that you won't last to say. Let's play. Andy, you're motoring with five points. Very well done. What's your price for flight? (laughs) (laughs) Good job, good job. Yeah, lyric questions are kind of a neither you know it or you don't, but well-remembered, well-remembered indeed. Moving along to around the world, three points, seven points, nine points. What are you going to do? I'm going to put the seven here. Actually, sorry. sorry, uh, Can I actually, I'll I'll put the three here instead. Sorry, we'll go three. All right, three points for around the world. Why the change of heart there? Um, I think that I'll like the audio hodgepodge um, in general more than a lot. Just, I like geography, but I don't know if this, you know, is more geography based or a world culture based. So... There's one I, I'd really like and one I'd not like so much. And being that I don't really 100% trust you, AJ, <laughs> we'll go with the three. <laughs> Understood. Oh, oh, I, I accept it. Uh, I wear it. I earn it. I wear it as a badge of honor. Uh, good luck, sir. Here is your three-point around-the-world question. A conurbation is formed when a number of urban areas, through either physical expansion or population growth, or perhaps both, Merge over time into a single entity. In what country can you find one such conurbation, Napier Hastings? Okay, so this is essentially a geography question. I really probably should have kept the seven on this. So basically it's, you know, countries that start with the letter N that have an English sounding name. Because Napier Hastings really sounds English to me. Yeah, there's really only one that really fits, starts with N, and would have place names that are really English-sounding, and that would be New Zealand. So I'm going to say New Zealand. Take my three points, because I really feel like that's right, and uh, curse myself for not putting seven there. All right, all right, fair enough. New Zealand is your answer. You mean you, you're not worried that I'm going to just uh, pull the rug out of front from under you and tell you it's Namibia? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> well, I mean, they'd probably have more of a Dutch, uh, you know, Dutch name than Napier or Hastings. Fair enough. Well, uh, Napier and Hastings, although they still exist as separate entities in terms of governing, they have slowly merged over the years to the point where uh, this country now just listed 
combined as their sixth largest quote unquote urban area, much in the same way that Dallas Fort Worth is in the United States. It's yes, they're separate cities, but for all intents and purposes, they're slowly but surely merging together. The Bay Area. Uh, we would call San Francisco and Oakland. Napier and Hastings form an urban area. Yeah, I, I'm not going to drag this out any longer. In New Zealand. Well done, Andy. That is correct. No trick here. I know that you get to this point of the game, if I throw an easier question in, people then don't believe that it's an easier question, and then suddenly they get Nightingale. <laughs> two for two, and in fact, three in a row. No jinx. No, I'm not trying to jinx you at all. <clears throat> Noonan. Noonan. Because it's the end episode, so I can say that. Noonan! Noonan! Uh, <laughs> history is up next. You have seven points and nine points. Your two highest questions. Um, history is going to get what? History is going to get nine. All right. Nine points for history. I wish you well. I wish you luck. We should just answer the question already. Here is your nine-point history question. Who was the commander of the Pacific Fleet during World War II, helping lead the United States to victories at Midway, Iwo Jima, and Okinawa? Well... Uh, I am going to say, uh, yeah, I think I have an answer here very quickly. Uh, U.S. generals who, or, you know, Navy people who played uh, a role in World War II, who started, whose name starts with the letter N, I am going to say Nimitz. Nimitz for uh, Grits and Shiggles. Uh, do you happen to know his first name? Uh, I think charles is his first oh sorry uh yeah i'm gonna say i think it's charles but my answer was nimitz i know your answer was nimitz i said i was crediting for that i just wanted to see if you knew that's all just give you a chance to get a little extra glory here no need to get so snippy with me (laughs) (laughs) i'm telling you folks the hot seat just takes people and turns them into monsters uh yes andy the correct answer was admiral chester nimitz Admiral is what we call those uh, Navy general types. Admiral Chester Nimitz, nine points for you. No penalty for guessing when I ask you to guess. <laughs> People just don't trust And that's me. why I, I only said Nimitz, because if I'd said Charles, I would have been wrong. Exactly. Exactly. Jeopardy rules. Absolutely. Well done. That is uh, three for three of this round, four in a row. I mean, there's one question left in regulation. Let's just get to it so we can see if perhaps, just maybe, you can finish as strong as is humanly possible with a perfect round four. Perfect round so few and far between. It is Audio Hodgepodge. Here's how it works. I'm going to ask you a question. When I'm done with the question, I'll play a clip for you. Hopefully, the idea is that you'll hear the clip and be able to answer the question correctly. Andy, for seven points, all you have to do is... Identify the singer of the following fantasy-based ditty. In the middle of the earth, in the land of Charles, is a brave little hobbit whom we all admire. With his long wooden pipe, fuzzy woolly toes, he lives in a hobbit hole and everybody knows him. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, he's only three feet tall. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, the bravest little hobbit of them all. Okay, um, I listened to the first five seconds of your track. I don't need any more. That is the lovely ballad of Bilbo Baggins by Leonard Nimoy. I think there are a lot of people out there who are going to be absolutely terrified. Terrified that uh, it took you all of uh, a second and a half (laughs) 
for for the record, I I I I will put the entire clip in for you at home, even though Andy just was like, no, no. Yes, yes, and I highly recommend everybody check out the YouTube video of Leonard Nimoy singing with a bunch of deranged elven children. It's it is just it's the fuel of nightmares. Um yes, I think he's going back to Eden. Yay, brother. Yay, brother. Leonard Nimoy is the correct answer. Well done, sir. How do you I know that so quickly? Old... How? How? I am I am not at all ashamed that I can identify the ballad of Bilbo Baggins off two notes. <laughs> uh, well, folks, sometimes the Inquisitor gets beat. <laughs> and that's fine. A perfect round, folks, and a perfect round four. You are listening to a very rare feed, 24 points out of Apostle 24. I'm going to add that to the 30 that you had coming into round four. And, oh, my goodness, call the cops. We have a theft going on here. 54 points as we head into the confidence question. Andy, here's how it's going to work. The confidence question is your last chance to try and improve your final score. Only one question is before you, Andy. Only one answer is required. I will give you the question. You must, must wager between one and 10 points. Get it right. And I will add it to your score begrudgingly. So, but get it wrong. (laughs) Get it wrong. And not only will you lose those precious points. Andy. Not only do you lose that precious points, but I am going to put you in a room with Norman Bates and Norman Fell as they argue over who is the better landlord. <laughs> now, this season, Andy, as you know, I am asking my hot seat residents to uh, offer up three potential categories for me to choose from. You have graciously done so. I have selected. So on a scale of one to ten, he asked, fully expecting a ten to come back at him. How confident are you? In a category you have selected called game shows. I will put the 10 here. I had a feeling, and quite frankly, if uh, if you had asked me heading into this game, regardless of what your score was, whether or not I thought you would get this question correct, uh, despite any deviousness on my part, I would probably put my points on you as well. I have faith in you. I just think this is one of the categories that I know that you know so well. So uh, no pressure. I'm not trying to do any reverse psychology here. I... I <laughs> I, I feel inadequate to provide a difficult enough question for you uh, in this category, but hopefully I will at least make See, you think. I thought, I thought you were going to pick baseball I, because I figured you could come up with a sufficiently hard baseball question for me. My, my aim is not to, to punish. My, 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 my uh, aim is to make my guests look good. Absolutely. At all costs. <laughs> Clearly I've done a, bang up job today uh, as you have 54 points but uh, all right enough enough of this pleasantries let's get to business here and please don't answer after the first word because I know you <laughs> for the rest of you out there here is your 10 point game show question good luck Johnny Beetle hosted in Scotland while Jack Nars hosted the US version of what show which determined its first ever champion by random draw and attempted to generate excitement by combining grade school level trivia with word searches. Hmm. Hmm. At least I've earned two hmms out of Andy. Grade school level trivia with word searches. Well, I believe... Uh, I think this fits. Uh, certainly my first instinct when it comes to game shows to start with the letter N, and I certainly don't have any reason to uh, 
dissuade myself. I believe it is called Now You See It. Now You See It is your answer. Uh, are you just basing that off of a uh, general knowledge of the of the the title, or are you actually familiar with uh, this game itself? I'm not 100% familiar with the game itself, but I'm basing it off my knowledge of the genre, my knowledge of the title, and so I'm going to say Now You See It. Yeah, you know, I think it would have been inherently unfair of me to uh, reverse this and ask, you know, uh, give you the name of the show and ask you to come up with Jack Nars, who is a completely forgettable uh, host. Uh, I actually found this first episode uh, in its complete form on the YouTube, as they say, and watched it yesterday. Andy, uh, this was a craptacular piece of American game show uh, fun. <laughs> as uh, he admitted that their format for this game included uh, four people competing in two teams of two. And after the first round, the victorious team would then split up and square off against each other head-to-head. And then in the final round, that uh, remaining player would battle off against the returning champion and with the winner uh, getting a shot at $5,000. Of course, for the first show... They had no returning champion, so they just picked one of the five people backstage, uh, drew lots, and assigned one as returning champion, who got to defend her title by default. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, that's a great way to start a show. Uh, The questions were pathetic. One one player would uh, buzz in when they thought they knew the answer. And they would tell their partner which which of the four rows the answer was found in, at which point the partner would have three seconds to identify the starting letter and the word uh, that they were looking for. Like I said, the excitement of simple trivia like a Midwestern state. Wow. <laughs> and wow. Uh, the president of the United States. Wow, exciting. But you had to find it in the grid. It was a word search. Uh, and yes, as they said, all of the answers to the questions are right in front of your eyes. Don't mm-hmm. believe us? Now you see it. Now you see it is correct. Ten points for you. Well done. Well, that uh, that was interesting. Can you can you imagine going on Jeopardy? Final Jeopardy answer is, and uh, you know all you had to do was. Uh, find it in a word search i mean mean, alex did do classic concentration so i guess rebus puzzles are are not beyond him so perhaps that wouldn't be as well but uh Mm. well andy uh there's no need for me to search for the words to uh describe your performance here today with those 10 points added to your score you have a very impressive total of 64 points one might even say very nice and nifty. I'm sure for months and years to come, we'll be very nostalgic about your performance here on the end episode. Is there anything that you would like to say before I uh, ban you from ever returning? Version <laughs> of it? Uh, no, I have nothing else to say, but uh, thank you so much for having me on again. I thank you so much for being on. If uh, at some point you uh, you finally, uh, this guy finally loses on the show, then Complete the List episodes uh, may be returning and people can find the Complete the List uh, episode are still up there from the past. It's a very good show. I've been a guest myself. I highly enjoy it. I highly recommend it. Anyone who likes trivia, check out Complete the List. Available where all of your wonderful podcasts are found. Andy, get the heck out of my hot seat. (laughs) (laughs) I will, AJ. Thanks for having me. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Oh, I can't wait until next week. Get it? Oh, because anyway, take care, everyone. (laughs) We'll see you then. Bye-bye.
Did you beat our guest? Or did our guest beat you? Tell us all about it on Twitter at BMGPod. Also, please review and rate us on iTunes. And if you like what you've heard, spread the word. This has absolutely not been a Mark Goodson, Bill Todman production. Bilbo Baggins is only three feet tall.